When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we are Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our website skydemily.com and alexlacy.com as well as ladieswholondon.com which is our dedicated website for information about us our upcoming tours and what the blue badge guiding qualification is all about pew 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 happy new year happy new year 2022 it's 2022 wow bloody hell which someone did point out to me this week is 2022 2022 (laughs) I'm like oh it's 2020 again. <laughs> no, yeah. let it not no, be so. we're not going no. back in time. No. It's all about moving forward. It's all about getting excited for the year. And I tell you, I am excited, Alex. Are you? Good. I really am. I'm feeling good vibes. I, I, I feel really positive about what is to come. Oh, that's so exciting. It is. I'm just, I mean, I'm... I think I felt this last year as well. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. You're all enthusiasm. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just um, feeling a bit chilly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But hey, look, we've had Christmas, New Year. How was it? Great. Yeah, relatively relaxed. Um, I had my parents come to me for Christmas this year and it was all pretty groovy. And then I spent New Year just hanging out with my best mate and playing board games because I am oh. super cool. Um, <laughs> how about you? What was your... Oh, it's all about board games. Oh, oh, we really had um, a good couple of games of... Um, uh backgammon oh oh classic games we are a bit of a backgammon family um yeah do you know what it was really really good highlight was probably my roast potatoes on christmas day (gasps) same Mm. yeah i'll be a good roast i mean it's it's all about the food isn't it really it is it is um yeah and i dressed up carmen in a little elf outfit <gasps> did you i didn't I see did. that oh ah! did i not send you a picture no. oh i should have done um yeah so that was cute <laughs> she got porridge down it instantly and of i was course. like no she's your daughter <laughs> <laughs> of course Nessie. um but yeah it was lovely oh i'm glad you had fun yeah yeah it was and we're back we're back 2022 we're our back. first podcast episode of this Gosh. year I'm so excited for the podcast this year. We've had a couple of weeks off 
and I kind of miss doing it actually and I'm I'm thrilled that we're back and I think this year is going to be fantastic and we've already been chatting about exciting ideas haven't we and I know we're ready to go. I, tell you, I am raring to go it's so lovely to be back Alex so yeah, yeah bring on ladies who London 2022 and hopefully all being well in a couple of weeks we will have our operation mincemeat outing assuming oh my God. all goes That's- well insane isn't that's it come that's around come around really quickly so quickly is that what is it the 18th 19th i think 19th oh i'll have a look God. but yeah that's so that's coming up hopefully as you know assuming everything keeps going swimmingly yes yeah what an exciting year crossed. gosh um have you got any so, shout outs it's been i mean it's been a while since we've been kind of live to do any shout outs have you got any anyone you need to say hi to well somebody called jenny poi p-o-i so i think i'm pronouncing her name right um she messaged just to say how sad she was that she didn't have an episode during Aww. christmas to listen to and jenny, i said I'm so well, sorry uh, we did do a little uh, little special <laughs> we did do a little best bit special and she replied saying oh no i heard that i just want another one <laughs> <laughs> you can't Don't have worry. too much of a good thing, Jenny. And you can also so, have too much of, of a mediocre thing like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a big shout out to her. Um, and also um, to those that purchased my Christmas cards and yeah. asked me to do a few commissions for them over the Christmas period as well. Thank you so much. Um, that kept me going. So, yeah, thank you to those people. Fantastic. Well, I'm saying a massive hello to Rachel Horsfall because she came on my uh, Tudor box, my escape game um, that uh, that I still have available. And she came and did that the other day and she said, right, well, you've got to give me a shout out. So that is ticked off, Rachel. Uh, There we go. There you go. And I also have to say a massive hi to my cousin Jo because uh, she has started listening. She's in Australia um, and she found out over Christmas that we did the podcast and I keep getting excited messages from her going, I've listened to this one. It was amazing. I've listened to that one. It was amazing. (laughs) So hi Jo and my lovely lovely little um, fairy goddaughter Ivy um, as well who are over in Australia. Hope you're enjoying everything. Also, I saw James Hamill in, um, in Cycling a James. Mondro oh. uh, <laughs> over at the Tower of London the other day. And I kind of like collared him and I was like, oh God, James. Um, and he um, he just said how much he loves the podcast. He kind of squealed, squealed like a little girl. Said, <laughs> <laughs> said he was a big fan. <laughs> so people might remember a couple of months ago, we talked about James, who's one of our colleagues, who decided in, I think sort of August, September time, he just was like, I'm going to cycle to Istanbul from London. So he did. And he took us with him as his little accompaniment. So uh... He did. And he was saying how, you know, there was a real tough bit of this walk. And he suddenly heard uh, you mention his name. And he was just like, oh, my God. And it just really, like, got him forward. Oh, that's so lovely. very sweet. Yay. Well, um, let's get on with this week's podcast. Yes. Now, it's been a while. I'm not sure I can remember what we're doing, but let's... <laughs> how, how do we do this? Well, if you remember, when we had our little Christmas special in the yeah, taxi, thanks so to fun. Holly, um, we had competition winner in the taxi, didn't we? Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hope and you're still we listening. asked Elizabeth, yeah. <laughs> she might hate that, us after that. that she might hasn't... be like, that was a nightmare. No, never listening again. <laughs> never listening again. Ladies who London are dead to me. So if you're still out um, there, Elizabeth... <laughs> Hello. Sorry. <laughs> um, so we asked Elizabeth to uh, tell us, you know, where should we go for our next pod? What should we talk about? And Elizabeth said, well, uh, you know, maybe you should talk about the Bangladeshi community. Yeah, she was very apologetic about choosing the East End again. 
which we didn't have a problem with because let's face it it is rich in history there is some fantastic things over there so we were all for it so i love that we're doing some bangladeshi community um so go for it em tell us a bit well, I mean, when it comes to immigration, London is just, as they say, a melting pot of multicultural influences. Yeah. So we've had so many people from coming from all different walks of life with their flavours, with their ideas, their music, all sorts of different things. And an area which is just steeped in this with different people layering the history is Spitalfields. Yeah. And somebody actually asked us to talk about Spitalfields yes Paul Palmer Paul Palmer to talk about Spitalfields so we, we were getting round to it Paul so actually we're doing two <laughs> birds one stone here so hopefully exactly. uh, hopefully you're, you're you're happy that we're ticking ticking that off the list yeah so this is this is for you and if you're not familiar with the area of Spitalfields uh, you've got um, Liverpool Street Station just around the corner and also Shoreditch And it's an area that has seen waves of immigration from all sorts of different people. So, for instance, the French Huguenots in the 17th century, they came over. And you can still see the houses where they lived with, Mm. uh, in some cases, these lovely little um, bird cages above some of the doors because Mm. they were well known to have little canaries tweeting um, just at the entrance of their houses. They were weavers. Um, also the Jewish community came into the area of Spitalfields they brought in lots of different food ideas for instance if you go to Brick Lane you've got the 24-hour bagel or bagel shop which is Mm. still going strong which was created by the Jewish community or at least they brought it over Um, and then the Irish who came over escaping the Irish famine who were Mm. coming over you know hoping to to eat basically and to to live somewhere that was um, a little bit better stocked and also the Bangladeshi community yeah which is kind of the current wave of immigration in the East End and it makes it a really interesting spot all of this these waves of history that have come through I love it It really does. And in terms of migration, people are moving either to escape uh, civil war, seek better economic opportunities to join family members. And the reason why a lot of um, people from Bangladesh came over in the late 60s, early 1970s was due to war. Um, And this was kind of going on from about the 1940s. 40s when India gained its independence from Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, from 1947, there was basically a bit of a split creating a new state of Pakistan. So Pakistan suddenly comprised of two territories. You had present-day Pakistan, which was known as the east side, and then you had present-day Bangladesh, known as the west side. And these two were at a fierce war, especially in 1970 for a year until um, Bangladesh became its own independent place in 1971. Mm. So during this time, you had lots of people coming into Britain. And I would presume it's because obviously it was under British rule for such a long time, there would have been so many um, British influences, lots of different trade going from one place to the other. So for many people living in this part of the world, it probably seemed like the right place to go. Yeah, streets are paved with gold and all of that. You know, that's been a, a common refrain through the history of London is go to London, make your fortune. And then you get here and you're like, oh, it's quite 
poor and a bit abject in the East End and yeah, not always well, quite the, the dream destination. No, because Bangladesh at the time, you know, was incredibly poor and the strange thing was that the area that they ended up coming to and they live is one of the poorest boroughs in London still today. Mm. And this borough is called Tower Hamlets, which is where, you know, you've got Spitalfields, Brick Lane. And actually, in 2002, it was officially renamed as the Electoral Ward, Electoral Ward of um, Bangla Town. Ah, yeah, which is fab. And actually, a few years ago, uh, these lampposts started appearing, which had this lovely kind of—they uh, still exist, this South mm. Asian style—and they're painted in green and red, which is the colours from the Bangladeshi flag. Yeah, and they've got beautiful sort of gold. Uh, I'm going to say ironwork, but it almost certainly isn't iron, but beautiful kind of patterns that that stick out from the lamppost, don't they? They're really gorgeous. Mm, Yeah, they are. And actually last year, if you're walking around the area of Brick Lane and around Spitalfields, you would have seen the Bangladeshi flag everywhere and you would have seen the number 50. And that was to celebrate the independence of Bangladesh in 1971, so 50 years since then. Um, Now, there was a particular region where a lot of people were coming in from, and this was the Silhet region, which is the Mm. northeastern corner of Bangladesh. And it's said that well over 150,000 people, Bangladeshi people, came to London and settled within this part of London in particular. That's a huge number to come into one particular area, isn't it? It is. Um, They didn't filter in two Spitalfields straight away. A lot of them found work elsewhere around Britain. They were working in steel and the textile mills. But then, you know, in the late 20th century, a lot of these industries collapsed Mm. so then they had to turn to small businesses of tailoring and catering catering of which i will of course come back to um and a lot of people who came over thought that they would eventually go back and they were able to kind of move from one place to the other But in 1962, we had the Commonwealth Immigrants Act, and this restricted the free movement of workers from the Commonwealth. Um, And this is something that is still in place today. It kind of um, relaxed a little bit, and then in 1971, it came back again, and they uh, created it. Well, created um, a very hard pathway to go down in order to move from one place to the other. So applicants, you know, need work permits, which were incredibly hard to get. And only the most skilled migrants could get these permits, such as doctors. So um, a lot of people decided just to settle here and stay uh, forever, you know, and start families. And now you've got first, second, third generation of Bangladeshis that live in the area. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah, now at the moment, now this isn't London, but in Oxford, there is actually a uh, an exhibition which starts on the 10th of January until the 29th. It's in the North War Art Centre and it's called Changing the Story. And this is an exhibition which shows these incredible paintings, sorry, paintings, photographs uh, from the time of 1917 to 1962 when people were allowed to freely come from the Commonwealth into Britain, oh, going backwards and forwards forwards um, and I've looked online and there's these lovely like black and white images of people stepping off the plane <laughs> and you know for the first time thinking you know what 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 am I going to be doing here yeah. with that kind of excitement I guess 
Um, so it's quite interesting that there's, uh, you know, exhibitions and this this idea that there was this time up until 1962 when you had this free movement, and then yeah. of course things started to change. Gosh, how interesting. Um, now going back on the catering side yes. of things. So when it comes to Spitalfields, when you go down Brick Lane, the smells that you get, yeah. not only from the shops are selling incense, and actually it's only, and I know you've been to India, um, when I went to India a few years ago, it's only then when walking down Brick Lane after, when I suddenly was like, oh my God, like mm. it's those smells, yeah. isn't it? It's it's so kind of authentic. Yeah. And in my 20s, after either going out clubbing or maybe going to a bar before, you go to Brick Lane. You were such a raver. You'd get a curry. And curry, of course, is our nation's dish, isn't it? Yeah, now? it is now, you know? yeah. Absolutely. Um, so down Brick Lane, you would see, and I would say you would see, because it's changed quite a lot, especially during the times of COVID, a lot of these incredible restaurants, these wonderful um, Indian restaurants have started to close. Mm. Um, having said that, it said that eight out of 10 Indian restaurants in the UK are owned by Bangladeshis. That many, gosh. That many. And the vast majority are actually coming from this particular area that I've mentioned, the Silhet oh, wow. region. Um, and according to the British Curry Club, and yes, there is a British Curry Club. Of course there is. There are around 8,500 Indian restaurants, of which roughly 7,200 are Bengali, and that's around the UK. I mean, oh. that's incredible, isn't it? So Bengali, not Bangladeshi? Uh, Bengali is the language. Okay. Of Bangladesh? Of Bangladesh. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. If you speak, you would speak Bengali. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, in the areas I mentioned, you'd have these kind of smells like the incense and, you know, the wafts of kind of madras and all sorts of different curries. Um, it's quite easy to see that there are things being sold that you wouldn't generally get in certain places. Like if you went to a grocer's, mm. a normal grocer's, you wouldn't find jackfruit, beetle nut, palm leaves. Yeah, around this particular area of London, you would. Yeah, those big, yeah, the kind of... They've got sort of big grocers where it's uh, bulk buy and things like that, isn't it? And it's yeah. it's stocked with. I mean, if, yeah, if you want to do any kind of Indian cooking and you're you're out of some really particular ingredient, you'll you'll find them on Brick Lane in those amazing big um, supermarkety type places. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the kind of places where there's not really a front of the shop. You know, you're walking down the street mm. and it's basically just open. You know, yeah. one wall is missing and it kind yeah. of just invites you in straight away. Like, yeah. even if you're not going in there, your eyes are shopping all around the place, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and even frozen fish, which is caught in Sillet, which oh. comes, you know, from this particular region to wow. the east end of London. Um, and there are dozens of travel agents which are offering flights to Sillet with Bangladeshi Airlines. You'll see shops um, called kind of Sillet stores. There's a lawyer's office called Sillet & Co. Um, Bangladeshi welfare associations, yeah. Bangladeshi banks and remittance shops. And I'll come mm -hmm. back to that in a minute because that's quite important. Um, and actually, if you go to Select, you've also got these kind of London influences as well. Oh, really? So there's yeah, so there's a shopping centre called London Mansions. <laughs> there's a shop named London's Fashions. Fantastic. <laughs> London's Shoes. Oh, 
Brilliant. Um, and there's even a Tesco which has the same typeface. But it's spelled T-E-S-C-C-O, um, apparently Hello. to prevent any legal action. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's so funny, isn't it? Um, it's like doing I, Chanel, but with two N's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I talk about these remittance shops because it's um, it's been a thing since the Bangladeshi uh, community came over where a lot of people would send money, of course, back home. Mm. And I found this article which was written by a man who lives in Bangladesh. He's called Kazi Abdur Razak. And he talks about how lucky he is that his son lives in London. And he sends him £300 per month, Aww. which is basically enough to look after 20 family members. Wow in the village where he lives, which is about two hours uh, bus ride from Silet. And this area sees a lot of damage because you have the monsoons and people have got their little paddy farms where they're mm-hmm. producing rice. And of course, you know, if you've got the terrible weather and the flooding, people's yeah. livelihoods are just, you know, just washed away. So he talks about how, um, how hard it is. And he says about how children are having to kind of like sift through muddy water to try and catch fish you know it's that bad to try and like supplement their diet yeah so the joy that he has when the postman is walking up knowing full well that he's giving this 300 pounds to him is just incredible and this money has not only gone to help in 20 of his family members but it's built a kindergarten um, a health center a hotel wow so you've got this idea of of money going uh going back there mm. um and i guess that's why you've got that kind of london influence there I think, yeah and the people that are from bangladesh that end up living in london are called londonese oh right okay i hadn't realized mm. that yeah, the Londonese. And I guess, you know, it wouldn't have been too long that people started to think, oh, as you said, that the, you know, the streets are paved in gold, that feeling that London is a utopia. Mm. But there's a huge amount of struggle with that as well, especially in the 70s when a lot of people were coming over and experiencing uh, racial hate. and. Yeah you know uh, it shouldn't go unnoticed that a lot of people went through hard times and were not welcomed at all mm. and you've also got this feeling of um a struggle with identity yeah i can imagine actually mm. and um the the gentleman that i was talking about who lives uh, in bangladesh who receives this money from his son his daughter-in-law was born and grew up in tower hamlets and says that she never shirk off her Britishness nor return permanently to Bangladesh. And to quote her, she said, I often find I am in conflict with my own thoughts. I have got Western culture and gone through school and lived here. So when I go back to Bangladesh, I'm looked upon as a Londony. When I'm here, I'm not seen as British, even though I have a Cockney accent. So you've got that kind of you know it must be hard somewhere between the two camps kind of thing yeah yeah so with that the area especially in recent years have tried to do as many things as possible to really kind of share and integrate um this culture not just within this area of london but to london as a whole Mm. and every year and i don't know if you've ever been to this alex but there is a bit of a party bit of a celebration to celebrate the bengali new year is there Um, i didn't know about that 
Yeah, so it's called Boyshaki Mella. Okay, when's I'll that? Probably pronounce this wrong. Is that so around? This, what time of the year is that? So, so it takes place in May. So it's on um, the second Sunday of yeah. May, and it's a little bit like how the Queen, you know, how we celebrate the Queen's birthday in June on the second Saturday of June, but her actual birthday is April twenty first. Mm-hmm. With this, the start of the new year is actually April, but they celebrate it in May because of April yeah. showers. Yeah, <laughs> um, and this is something that's been going on since 1977 and was organised by local people. Oh, wow. And it happens not just here, but also in the states and in Canada and lots of p- uh, places where you've got this kind of significant Bangladeshi population. Mm. Um, and in London, it happens through Brick Lane. And it's kind of like um, a bit of a parade, really. It moves to Weaver's Fields. Oh, okay. And then it kind of ends up in Allen Gardens in Bethnal Green. Yeah. And it's the largest open-air Asian festival in Europe. I didn't, Have you ever seen it? I've never seen it. I didn't know that was a thing. I have seen it, but I didn't know what it was until oh. I've just recently gone, oh, oh my okay, God, I've put two and two together. Oh, brilliant. Um, because, like, the aromas, again, because you've got lots of food, it's lots of traditional clothes and masks that the women and children in particular are wearing. You've got um, uh, Bengali music, traditional Bengali folk songs... Uh, contemporary music rap music um yeah it's a lot of fun i think that sounds amazing we might have to try and go yeah this year i think it yes should definitely if, it, if it's back on of course yes um you've also got the kobe nazrul center oh yes and this is named after one of bangladesh's most celebrated poets who has now passed away um and actually he served in the british indian army and he was, uh, well, he was he was somebody that got into a lot of trouble, actually. And he was often imprisoned by British authorities because he really kind of um, pushed activism for India in terms of the independence. Okay. And even though he was imprisoned by the British authorities, now you've got the centre, which is, you know, highlighting him as such a fantastic person, which is, which is great. Um, and there is this wonderful centre where... Sorry, I've just bashed my microphone there. Um, <laughs> so excited by the whole thing. <laughs> I am. Well, for this in particular, because um, they have lots of different artistic um, group activities mm. that anybody can get involved in. So it's all about community development. It's all about kind of uh, introducing anybody who's anybody into... Um, uh, the artistic side of Bangladesh. Mm. So, um, if you go to their website, and you can easily find their website if you go to Kobe Nazrul Center, and that's K O B I N A Z R U L. Um, and you'll find, for instance, from the 10th of January, every Monday, they have a mixed media art class, which is just £10 per person for a two hour slot from 11am to 330 And then you've got oil painting on one day, you've got life drawing. Oh, wow. So, yeah, really, really And remind cool. me where the Kobe Nazrul Centre is. I, I know I've seen it and I can't picture where it is it's just off of brick lane it's not too far away from the brick lane mosque actually it's just right. around the corner from that yes is it on princelet street i princelet think street? that's the road possibly yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's the one uh, kind of behind Hanbury. Mm. Yes, yes, mm. Princeton then. Um, now also, we can't really talk about the Bangladesh community without mentioning a couple of mosques in the area. Yes. So, uh, the first one that I want to talk about is actually one of the largest mosques in Europe and the biggest in the UK, as it accommodates 7,000 people. Um, and this is the East London Mosque on Whitechapel Road. Mm. And this, it really stands out in terms of what it looks like. It's made out of brick and it has two main colours, which is this lovely terracotta colour and white. It's really stunning. It is, isn't it? And you've got these kind of pillars that rise from certain areas and you've got little patterns above the doors. And it is gigantic. Um, and it was one of the first mosques in the UK to actually be allowed to broadcast the Ad Han, which is the call to prayer, on loudspeakers. Oh, right, okay. Mm. And initially, people in the area were like, I don't think this is this is right, you know, it's too <laughs> loud. Um, but a lot of people, including a lot of the Anglican churches nearby, um, uh, agreed that it was a good, a good thing. Yeah. So this is something that still happens there today. And that's up near the hospital, isn't it? It's up near, yeah. Um, yeah. Whitechapel Hospital. Yeah, not too yes. far. It's quite close to, I mean, it's Whitechapel Road, but it's closer to Allgate Station, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 Um And it's, yeah, as I say, it's big. So you've got a nursery in there. You've got classrooms. There's a fitness centre, library, oh, wow. radio station. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, and this all came about, actually, in the Ritz Hotel, would you believe? Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so in 1910, there was a big meeting of Muslims and non-Muslims in the Ritz Hotel, and this was all to do with wanting to create a permanent place of worship for Muslims in London. Okay. So it's in 1910, on the 9th of November, in the hotel, where the London Mosque Fund was established in mm. order to, to form this. Um, and next to the mosque, you've also got the London Muslim Centre, and this was launched by none other than Prince Charles in hey. 2001. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he, uh, he returned to the centre three years later. And the following month, his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, featured excerpts of this in her Christmas message that year. Lovely. Mm. I do think that's... Not, I was chatting to my guests that I was out with today, actually. We were, we were talking about... Um, you know, one of the things that Prince Charles has said is that when he becomes king, he wants to be because the monarch is known as defender of the faith mm. and he wants to be defender of the faiths, plural. So, you know, not just Church of England, but every other faith that, that exists oh, in the UK, nice. like, oh, that's you lovely. know, Catholics, Jewish, yeah. Muslim, yeah. Hindu, all of that, yeah. because he sees that as a really important part of, of British culture, which it is. And I think that's a really progressive attitude and I, I rather yeah. like it. Definitely. Um, also, a world record was broken inside the East London Mosque, and this oh. was in 2010, and it was the Big Read. <gasps> oh, cool. Yeah, so this was an um, organised charity, which was uh, kind of part of Islamic Europe and Muslim Aid, Tower Hamlets Council, all mm. sorts of different people kind of backing it. And the world record was broke for the most children... Um, kind of gathered together listening to an adult reading at the same time 
Oh, that's so, really lovely. Yeah, 3,234 <gasps> children oh were listening to readings from Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate oh, Factory. You would not want to be the people trying to corral over 3,000 children, oh would you? Could you imagine? That would be hell. chaos. Gods. <laughs> Especially if like you're a like a parent on the sideline and your child is right in the middle acting up and oh, you're like, yeah. Oh you little <laughs> You just leave, wouldn't you? Yes. <laughs> it's not my child. Yeah, it's just like I'm off, I'm off. <laughs> I'm Later. Give, you guys have got this right. <laughs> those kind of looks as if to say, God, who yeah. owns that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um now the next one is on Brick Lane. So it's 59 Brick Lane. And this is very different in terms of its architecture. So it's Georgian. It's grade two listed. So nothing can kind of change on the exterior side of things. And um, it's got this kind of pediment at the top with a sundial. Mm. And under the sundial, you have the Latin motto, Umbra Summus. Which means you're going to need an umbrella. <laughs> it's a little bit tricky outside. Um, it's Something to do with shadows. Sh- yes, Alex, well done. Yes, we are but shadows. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, which is lovely actually because there's been so many different people from all walks of life that have entered this mosque or entered this yeah. building um, for different religious reasons. So it was built in the 1740s hence the georgian architecture and it was used by those huguenots i mentioned at the start it's pesky protestants (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was a protestant church um, and they used it for about six decades and then in the 1890s it was a synagogue um, and actually, in one of the rooms, there's still a Hebrew prayer plaque oh, is uh, there? on the wall. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've read about it. Um, and the building at the time was known as the Great Synagogue. Um, today, it's a mosque and you have about 3,000 worshippers. You've got separate rooms for different prayers for men and women. Um, and Friday sermons are delivered in not only Bengali, but also English and Arabic. I do love that about that building because it really is, you know, that it's the history of the area in one building. Mm. And I, I think it's fascinating that it it's really always is. been a religious institution, but it's gone through three different, very, very different, diverse religions. Mm. And I love it for that. I think it's brilliant. Definitely. The different sermons, the different languages that have been inside. And I love the fact that it's grade two. Yeah. So, you know, because you would think if it would change hands that the architecture should change as well. But it's the same. Which is and it has so... a little bit because, of course, when, when it became a, a mosque, you need a minaret. And so the minaret, True. which if you're walking along Brick Lane, I mean, it's quite easy to miss the mosque because ultimately it's a it's a Georgian building and because it's right on the road you walk past it unless you're looking up and you see this really modern mm. silver kind of um it's almost like cut out metal isn't it which is the yeah. minaret and so you've got that on this Georgian building it, it looks fantastic I really like it, it. Does. yeah it's an incredible building yeah um, and I found a little piece written by a woman called Halima Begum and she wrote about how this mosque really helped her father when he moved to London. And I just want to just want to read uh, the start of this little piece. It's titled How the War of Independence Forged a Culture of Resistance Among British um, Bangladeshis. 
So it goes, when I think of my beloved Bangladesh, I am transported back to the happiest, most carefree days of my very early childhood. I recall the green fields of Sillet and playing barefoot under a beating sun, while aunties sat in the shaded courtyard making a communal maktaki, which is um, like a, a fish curry. Mm. Um, back then, at least, it seemed that they were cooking it in a large swimming pool. Today, every time I walk past a Bangladeshi greengrocer's in London's East End and catch the scent of what passes for a French, uh, a French fresh mango in the polluted air, <laughs> I am transported back to my bedroom in the Sillet countryside and the mango tree that would rain fruit onto the tin roof above my head in stormy weather. Oh, mm-hmm. those mangoes. And just this last little bit. Oh, my Shona Bangladesh, how our souls were shaped by your struggles and suffering, how our spirit was forged by the fight for your freedom, your refusal to be bowed no matter what adversity we might face. And I like that because oh, I think there's... passage. Yeah, there's bound to be so many people that just... They've moved to London, but they are not forgetting their heritage. Yeah. They are not forgetting where they've come from, you know. And there's so much emphasis, even though that now we are seeing that a lot of Bangladeshi um, people from Bangladesh are moving out of the area, moving to various other places such East Ham and, and Barking. Mm. There's still this um, emphasis on community. Yes, damn very much so. Um, and this piece is quite it's quite huge. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but she does talk about how her father, um, when he came, and it was a time when people weren't, you know, welcoming people in open arms. He found that this particular mosque was such a haven to him, and the people that he met, and the different kind of um, uh, groups of people that helped each other within this part of London is what got him through. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's just really lovely. So I can imagine how fantastic. much what, this, mosque's mean, this mosque means to so many. What we'll try and do is on the show notes, which should be on your podcast, uh, everyone who's listening on, the, on your podcast provider, we'll put a link to the whole article. So if you want to read the whole thing, um, then you can go to that and find that there. Perfect. Um, lastly, we can't really talk about um, this particular community without mentioning a piece of street art by one of my favourite street artists, which is Stick, S-T-I-K. Um, because just off of Brick Lane, you can find this little open doorway and you can find a bit of street art, which is using the colours white, black and uh, red. And we see two um, Stickman images um which stick is very well known for and one is in uh, a muslim headdress or muslim attire and they are both holding hands and it's such a powerful piece of street art isn't it it's lovely and uh, and those who've been on street art walks with either me or emily will know that um well we will have shown you stick because we love him uh, <laughs> but his pieces are they're always um they're non-gendered so you can put whatever you you can kind of project whatever you want onto them so it's quite interesting to see that he has actively gendered the these two people one woman and one we assume man um but again the second one could could be either woman or man but clearly a muslim woman on one side and stick is i mean he's a local londoner he is a very kind of community minded community conscious um he is an amazing guy and we'll we'll I'm sure we'll do a, a, an episode on street art at some point. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's really great. And, and I love that piece there. And it's that's been going for quite a long time, that piece. And if it does get tagged, it gets repainted over and that kind of thing. Mm. So, yeah. Fab. Well, there we go for this week. 
Amazing. And the other thing you should notice as well is that if you do go down Brick Lane, you will see the street signs that are in Bengali. Yes. As well. Yes, which is a really true. lovely nod to the area. So, I mean, for me, it's it's a it's a fascinating area with so much history. And I love the Bengali community there. I think it is, or Bangladeshi community there. I think it's a really lovely addition to London. And, and London is, you know, we're all immigrants, let's face it. That's, well, the whole country, really. We're yeah, in Ireland. Absolutely. People yeah. come in and, and I think that's what makes us really, um, really lovely and really strong and gives London its its great kind of community and sense of self yeah definitely and when it comes to london they say what is it only 40 percent of people that live in london are actually born in britain as well oh do they yeah yeah oh really yeah i didn't know that it is fantastic so there we go yeah well, thank you so much, Em. What a lovely uh, intro to, to 2022's uh, year of podcasting. Hooray! Yeah, and thank you so much for uh, to Elizabeth as yeah. well for asking for that one. Um, I found it very interesting myself, you know, reading up on these different articles and people. Um, I haven't read the whole entire articles, but they're, um, yeah, really, really interesting. They're good, aren't they? Yeah. It's one. I mean, it's just it's lovely. It's a lovely area, and it's read an area the whole both... articles out to you. Should I say? I have yeah. personally. It sounded like I was like I've just skipped through it. I've personally read the whole thing. But, um, but yeah, it's an area that both you and I really love. We live not far yeah, away, and it's it's love great. It. And and yeah. Um, so there we go. Thank you. Podcast pedestal. So we have decided, haven't we, Alex, to bring back podcast pedestal. We have uh, basically Emily was getting very cross that we weren't being competitive anymore, so <laughs> <laughs> so we're bringing it back because we thought it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. So it's the start of 2022. Um, let's remind everybody that um, I won the last one. I, oh, you won the last one, but I think we evened out at the end of the year, didn't we? If you like. If you want to think wow. that, Alex. Wow, <laughs> Emily Dell. You no, are, oh, on, you are ruthless. Joking. Come on. If we were next to each other, I'd give you a little kind of, a little poke on the bum. <laughs> Yes, darling. It's Whatever all floats your boat, darling, you know. <laughs> um, no, you're quite right. We evened. We, we evened. We were, you know, um, both. Fierce competition. I the score now, but uh, I don't know. yes. So it's all to play for now. And are we, dun, we're, dun, are we resetting dun, to zero? And we're, we're going to. Resetting. We're going to fight it out for, uh, for this year, for the winner of 2022. Yes. Okay. So, what are you going to pick for then your, your podcast pedestal, which we can vote on? Should we do that then? Actually, if it's um, if it's if you you've been the one that's been talking, you're allowed to choose the first. Is Let's that, do that. That's a good we do plan. That? Okay. Um, go on then. So I would like to go for the Boishaki Mela, which is the Ooh. yearly celebration that happens in the area of Spitalfields. Okay. Good call. And I think we should definitely try and pop it in our diaries this year and go along and actively go and, and enjoy it and take part in definitely. it, I think. Second Saturday, sorry, second Sunday of May. Second Sunday of May. All right, it's going in the diary and assuming it's on this year, let's go and have a little bit of fun there. Okay, Perfect. so that's mine. What's yours? That's yours. Okay, I wonder if you can guess what mine is. I've got a feeling it might be Tesco. <laughs> 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 it's not Tesco, no. <laughs> Is it I, stick? No. Oh, no, now you're saying. No, I'm going to go for the Brick Lane Mosque. Oh, yes. Because I've always loved that as a symbol mm. of the history of the area. 
the the fact that it's been all three religious institutions since it started so that for me the building that is the brick lane mosque is um yeah that's my one perfect well there we go everybody you've got two to choose from i will be putting it up on insta remind people emily how does this work because we haven't done it for a little while and if anyone's new they might not know (laughs) so remind everybody how it goes (laughs) so every sunday it is sunday isn't it it is sunday usually (laughs) usually if i remember no every sunday i put up a little poll on instagram on the ladies who london instagram also Alex puts it up on hers, I put it up on mine. Um, and you'll see that you've got these two choices and you just basically pick. Yeah. If you're not on Instagram, you can also just go to our website. Is it on our Yes, website? I'm going to put up, well, I am going to do this. I think we're going to put up a little, a little option to vote on the website as well. Okay, fab. Yeah. Um, and that's it really. And then the next episode, we will announce, oh, shall we change it this time? <gasps> oh. Where, shall I read out the numbers? If you like, because you don't trust me, right? I know. Do you know what? I do trust you. Although I'm terrible <laughs> with the percentages. No, let's keep it as it is. That, that would mean you'd have to give me the wheel and let me do the wheel. No, no, no. Let's keep it as it is. <laughs> you're not touching the wheel. I've changed the wheel anyway. I've oh, put some new places on that you're not aware of. Hilarious. Oh, have you now? Okay, I interesting. Have, I have. Interesting. All right, well, there we go. That's, uh, that is that. So that will be our options for this week. Now, before we go on to spinning the wheel for next week, I want to give a little shout out to our glorious, glorious sing- uh, jingle writer, Ben Morales-Frost, uh, because, let me tell you, Ben um, has a TV show out that he has done the music for. <gasps> and it well starts, I think, I think it started yesterday on Tuesday. And it is called The Language of Love. And it's a dating show where people don't speak the same language. And it's got Davina McCall presenting it. And he has written the music for it. So we want to give a lot of love out to our fabulous uh, jingle writer, Ben Morales-Frost. Because this is a very big, very exciting gig for him. So yay, well done, Ben. Well done, Ben. Ben. Well done. I spent a very lovely wedding just before Christmas, about the end of November, um, getting very drunk with Ben uh, in a pub in Greenwich as we went to our friend's wedding. And it was lovely to see him. And he told us all about it then. It's all very exciting. So... So yeah, go and give it a listen and and see what you think of Ben's that fabulous sounds music. like a good concept as well I, to be honest I'm a massive fan of Davina McCall yeah if she's got a new uh, new show out I'm going to be watching there it there we go well you can watch it and all the all the twinkly noisy bits are Ben so there we go brilliant well done so I'm glad well we done, got in Mr. early Frost. I know absolutely the wheel of destiny so it's time for the wheel of destiny for next week it is indeed. Gosh, I've had to blow off the dust. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while since we've seen the wheel. No, as I say, I've put on a couple of new places. Okay. So uh, I've taken off a few places that we've been to. Have you? Okay, fair enough. A few times, so probably good to a bit. switch it up a bit. Um, um, I have a, an ever increasing list, and I'm slightly worried that we're going to have to increase the podcast to one a day because I've got so many topics. We're never going to get through them all. Oh gosh. Um, I've been, yeah, every time I find something, it's on the list. It's on the list. So I have. That's good zillions to get through so just give it a give it a good old uh woof and and we'll see where we get to <laughs> give it a good old woof <laughs> barking at it as we speak okay off we go it's landed in old witch 
Ooh, is that one of your new ones? One of my newbies. Hey, there we go. I don't think we've had that before, have we? Okay, okay. So, I mean, that's sort of Lincoln's in Fields area, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I've definitely got on my list, which is up in my want to do pretty soon ones, which I'm going to do next week, is the Beggar's Opera. Oh, nice. Which I do mention briefly on my Harlot's Walk. But I think we need to delve into it in a little bit more depth. And this is, so if you're thinking, oh God, an opera. It's not an opera, it's an anti-opera. And it's called The Beggar's Opera, but it is, it's very, very different. And it is so much fun. Um, so let's do that. Are you up for that next week? I, Babe, I am up for whatever you Beggar's want to serve. Beggar's Opera. Let's do it. Let's do it. Fantastic. All right. Okay, well, that'll be it great. for next week. Um, Lovely. Perfect. Well, that's it for this week. It's lovely to be back. Lovely to see you virtually again, Em. Yes, ditto. And um, we've got a few things in the pipeline, haven't we, babe? So We have. So watch this space. We've got, we've got some exciting watch guests coming up. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, yeah, bits and pieces that we're working on. So yeah. watch this space. Stick with us. Basically, what we're saying. <laughs> don't go anywhere. Please. Don't leave us. Please. Please, please, please don't go anywhere. Please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. But anyway, happy um, new year to you all, lovely folk out there listening. Thank you so much for coming yeah, back and for joining us again. We hope you've had a fantastic Christmas and New Year. And uh, onwards into 2022 with a skip in our step, a song in our hearts, and leftover chocolate from Christmas. Absolutely. Year of the Tiger. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. It is exciting. Rawr. Get on that catwalk. And on that note, goodbye everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye everyone. Big love.